This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. Those that are watching on social media, welcome. I'm having Pastor Joe Kirkwood, Cornerstone Outreach Ministries, Amarillo, Texas, on with me. He moves with the Holy Spirit, and, and I love that. Uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, sees a lot of miracles, and uh, those things are critical today. I believe it's so important that we not only can share Bible stories out of the Bible, but we can live them. We have testimonies. I mean, if we don't have testimonies, I don't really care about attending your church because uh, I can read the Bible. But I, I want a pastor that has testimonies. He actually moves and the Holy Spirit, what God said that we're supposed to be able to do in these last days. And uh, Pastor Joe and I, we discussed a little bit about mountain be removed. And he gave an example of, of this mountain and literally uh, moving. And I'll tell you what, that's a fascinating uh, story. If you weren't with me last week, uh, go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and click on the front page. You'll see television, radio. Click it on, and it'll go down to television and radio. If you want to watch our programs, uh, then click on watch. But uh, to listen to this interview, push listen, and you will find our interview last week, including... The title is Mountain Be Removed, Simon the Cobbler. So I'll tell you what, uh, a great program, including talking about uh, a man who fell over dead at church in a revival meeting and raised from the dead. I mean, let me tell you, that was a good program last week with testimonies that uh, we need to be seeing in our walk with the Lord. Uh, Pastor Joe, welcome back. Well, thank you for having me back. Well, I'll tell you what, I love your spirit. I love what the testimonies you share uh, that happen in your life and uh, including on your trips. Now, we talked about once that we want to touch on Moses. I know you, you've been going uh, to Egypt and you went with Dr. Charles and uh, you gave some fascinating uh, insight that you don't get unless you really study. But And, and you mentioned you wanted to Talk a little bit about Moses. Yeah, fascinating story about Moses. And again, for those listening, uh, was there in Egypt with Dr. Ron Charles. I think he has four doctor degrees, his works in the Cairo Museum, and has lived in Egypt for many, many years. And well, Turkey, you know, I think he's worked for 47 universities doing archaeological work. And I was privileged to go with him to Egypt and uh, learned so many fascinating things. And one of the things was concerning Moses and uh, things I did not know. I did not know, first off, that Moses had three wives. I did not know that. I knew about the Ethiopian woman because of marrying an heir and, you know, complaining about her, but he was married to a, a black lady, Ethiopian woman. But that was, and, and we knew that he was married also to, you know, his father-in-law was Jethro and was married to that woman when he left Egypt the first time. But what I did not know that is recorded in Egyptian history, and uh, if I had the, the mind that Dr. Charles was, I would just rattle this woman's name off like he did. I was getting the summary while we were there, and I I, I wished I'd had a notepad to have written it down at the time, but I'm sure somebody could Google it. But anyway, he was married 
to an Egyptian woman when he was growing up. Now, Moses, uh, we know the story about his birth. He was born a Hebrew, but they were killing all of the Hebrews. His mother puts him in a basket and pushes him down river where Pharaoh's daughter would bathe. And she found the found the the child, and she could not have children, so she adopts the child and then allows Moses' mother to be the nursemaid. So that was a miracle that she was able to really raise her own son in secret for the Pharaoh's daughter. Now, Pharaoh, that particular Pharaoh, uh, because if you listen to the Ten Commandments movie, Hollywood, it will all tell you that was Ramses. Well, that's not accurate. Uh, that Pharaoh was Tutmosis the first. Okay, Tut just basically means Pharaoh or ruler or chief. Okay, and Moses was the family name. Okay, now the Bible says that Moses was named Moses by Pharaoh's daughter because he came out of water. Mo- the word Moses actually does mean out of water. But it was also, ironically, the family name of Pharaoh. Wow. And so Pharaoh's daughter names him Moses, okay? And so he was raised in all the Egyptian ways. He had the finest school. He was raised in Pharaoh's house. Moses was not an ignorant man. He was a very learned, had the highest education of that day. We know that he grew up in all the ways, and he was married to an Egyptian woman and lived there uh, in, in uh, which would be Cairo today, but was Babylon in that day. And he lived there with her, and he had a son with this woman. Yes. Okay. And so the fascinating thing to me was, so uh, was when Moses comes back, you know, he, he kills an Egyptian. Uh, I'm just summarizing here for sake of time. He kills an Egyptian, so he, he flees because of the laws of Egypt. He, he could be executed for that. So he flees. He goes to the backside of the desert, meets Jethro, marries Jethro's daughter, and lives there for, I forgot now the number of years, but it's more than like 30 years and he's he's out there in the wilderness when he sees the burning bush, sees the sees the mountain on fire, climbs the mountain out of curiosity, gets up and and it's the burning bush. God speaks to him out of that and God sends him back to Egypt. And because he's heard the cry of his of the Hebrew children. And so Moses goes back now and now the uh, the Pharaoh were down to. Tut Moses the third, okay? So Tut Moses the first was old when Moses was little, then Tut Moses the second would have been in place while Moses was being educated and all that kind of stuff. And so Moses' playmate, his brother, Egyptian brother that he was with and raised with, his stepbrother, it was actually Tut Moses the third. Now, let me tell you a little bit of why I know that, because I stood in Egypt, looking at Tut Moses 1, 2, and 3, uh, their mummy. The mummy is over 4,000 years old. And I'm looking, I saw Queen Nefertiti, I saw all these famous mummies. And so I'm looking at Tut Moses third and thinking, this is the Pharaoh that Moses looked at and said, let my people go. 
it's a little bit of a surreal moment <laughs> when you're, you're standing there looking at this mummy. And by the way, Tutmosis III, Egyptians were very short people. They were short in stature. Men were about five foot four, and women were in the vicinity of five foot two and shorter. They were very short people. So Tutmosis the third is about five foot four in that in that range, and uh, <clears throat> that's why one of the things they set up on tall thrones to make themselves look bigger and more uh, frightening and ominous to their enemies because down the road aways were the Nubians, and the Nubians were fierce warriors. And the Nubians uh, were very tall and thin people. And uh, that's why I think I shared that Abraham married a Nubian uh, woman, which was uh, Hagar. But anyway, they were short. The Egyptians were short people. And uh, so Moses comes back, and now his brother, if you will, uh, is in power. He's Pharaoh of Egypt. And so he doesn't have a lot of respect for Moses. For one thing, he left and has been gone for more than 30 years. And, and uh, he, he has, you know, has not returned. And he shows up making these demands. And now he's not acting Egyptian at all, but he's acting completely Hebrew and he's a messenger for God. The Egyptians, of course, had many gods that they worshiped. So for the fact that Moses was saying that, you know, I've been with God and all this uh, did not impress them at all. So it took the phenomenal power of God, the miracle signs and wonders to convince Pharaoh. And he would have been convinced. However, the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. OK, so Tut Moses third is Moses uh, half brother. Uh, not not by blood, but really by raising. And uh, so Moses comes back, and when Moses, all the plagues come upon Egypt, okay? And we know that all the children of Israel, they lived in the land of Goshen, which, by the way, Ron Charles has a widows and orphans farm, and it is in Goshen. I went to the farm, and so it's some distance, quite a, quite a, about an hour and a half drive out of uh, Cairo, present-day Cairo. And that's where the land of Goshen was. And none of the plagues fell upon the children of Israel in Goshen. And um, so Moses, had he was married to a woman that was an Egyptian. So he shows back up, and now she sees him for the first time in all these years, and they had been married. And they had a son. Now Moses' son is grown. Okay. So fast forward to the night that the death angel passes over. Okay. Now recorded in Egyptian history are the names of all the male Egyptians that were killed when the death angel passed over. Any house that did not have blood on the doorpost, that child was killed. Well, Moses' Egyptian wife did not believe in him. She was not a believer in Jehovah God. She did not believe that, you know, she, she, the familiarity aspect, uh, and she did not believe that Moses was divinely inspired by God. And so she refused to put blood on the doorpost. And this is all recorded again in Egyptian history. 
And so the night that the death angel passed over, Moses' own son, firstborn, died the night the death angel passed over. So Moses, it actually cost Moses something. Wow. You know, you're a parent, I'm a parent. I mean, anybody that has children knows that even if you're estranged from your children, there's still a fondness and a desire to interact and, and to build a relationship. And so I, I think it I think it hurt Moses greatly, knowing, but he still obeyed God and he did not back down from what happened. And I, I have a feeling Moses, because we see this throughout his life, Moses was a protector of people. And uh, when, when the ground was going to open up and swallow Korah and all of them, Moses went running and telling people, get away, get your tents away, get your livestock, get away from these people because the ground is going to open up and swallow them up. Moses tried to intervene. I'm sure that Moses tried to intervene and get his wife to put blood on the doorpost. Yeah, I believe you're exactly right. Just like uh, we're still trying to intervene. Uh, You and I and others trying to sound the alarm, intervene, because we know judgment's falling. We know calamity's coming down. We know crisis is going to happen. And we're still trying to intervene to save as many that will be saved. Yeah, we still sound the alarm week after week. And we, we tell people, look, he's coming back. You need to get ready. All of these things that are going on in society, they've, they've been foretold by the Bible. And now we have churches that have homosexuals involved in leadership. All these things were foretold all the way back to Noah's time. You're exactly right. As, as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So we know we're very close to Christ returning and uh, and everything. So uh, we we definitely need to be ready, and people need to get they need to live their life just like the wise virgins that had the oil in their lamp, because we we don't know how long a person has. Uh, let, let me just tell you a little story. We had a man that came to our outreach center. We give away food to needy families every Friday. We had a man who came. I preached that day, and the man came forward crying, and he he accepted Christ. He was a painter by trade. He was probably in his mid-50s, and he accepted Christ that day. And uh, that was on a Friday. On Monday morning, he was in his panel truck driving to work and a guy who was hyped up on cocaine who had been driving erratically neighbors had called the police uh here in the neighborhood near our church and and said this person is driving in high rates of speed down through the neighborhood running stop signs well the police went looking they never found the guy but that morning he was he was driving just about daybreak uh, he was driving to work and coming past our church when this guy on cocaine ran the stop sign at a high rate of speed and T-boned his panel truck, his, his big heavy work van. Wow. And, and hit the work van so hard, it literally sent it flipping into the air. And his body was thrown out and his body landed beside the sign on the corner of our property. Oh, my. And he was dead when he hit the ground. My, my, my. And I have never forgotten that story because we as pastors, we tell people, and we're not trying to manipulate people. We're just trying to tell that these are the facts. 
none of us know how long we have. Well, you're you're exactly right. Uh, yeah. I'll but thank you, I, God he had accepted Christ just yes. a few days before. Amen. You know, you know, we God hardening Pharaoh's heart. You know, the the Bible tells us so clearly, and in, in even Romans chapter one and all through the Bible, that if we reject the truth, a spirit of deceivableness comes upon us, so we believe a lie. If we yes. keep rejecting the truth, God's not to blame, but a spirit of deceivableness comes upon us. Yes. If you keep rejecting the truth. Yeah, I a mean, spirit God, of delusion. Yeah, 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 because God is not a monster. He's not going to say, okay, I'm not going to let you yeah. uh, open your eyes and see the truth. No, you've rejected the truth. And now yes. a spirit of deceivableness comes upon yeah. you, a delusion, and you believe something that's not true. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, do you know Ken Gobb, Joe, do you know Ken Gobb? I don't. Okay, he, he's a great evangelist, uh, international, I call him a comedian evangelist. He, he's a Jew, he's 86 right now, but uh, that story you've got how uh, you just told how, uh, I'll tell you, out of nowhere we can uh, be facing uh, Jesus Christ, our maker. Yeah. I was... Uh, just told at the beginning of the week how he he lives in Yakima. His son uh, has been up here. Uh, Ken comes up here every year and speaks. And uh, yet somebody ran a stop sign in Yakima at 60 to 70 miles an hour, blew right through it, hit them. And Ken Gobb right now has a broken leg, an arm, uh, a pelvis broken, his uh, uh, hip Titanian hip was broken. Uh, there's still, he's been waiting all week for the right surgeons to gather together. Uh, mm-hmm, Doris, mm-hmm. they tried to, and they did save her leg. And, and Nathan, the son, um, he has a, a broken uh, sternum and ribs. Mm-hmm. And, and this came out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. they, they thought they were safe. Uh, and they just blew right through a stop sign. That's how quick things can happen. Yeah. Just, yeah. So we need to live uh, with the, our life prepared, the oil in our lamps, looking, uh, looking for the bridegroom, looking, looking for the you coming know, of Christ. You know, you told that story. It reminded me of, of Ken Gobb, and I want you to take a moment right now. I mean, Ken's been just laying in a hospital bed in Seattle now for mm-hmm. four days, because they have yeah. to assemble the right uh, surgical team, and they're checking all over the country because it, it, it it's so critical and delicate surgery. But this is a tremendous man of God, goes to Israel twice a year, and uh, yeah. pray for Ken Gob right now, Joe. Yeah. Pray for him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we send a healing angel to Ken Gob. God, we, we're not there, but God, there are angels on assignment, and you said that we could ask and we could send them on assignment because you've given us that authority to do so. So we send a healing angel to Ken Gob that is in the hospital. And Father, we just thank you right now that first you bring healing to the trauma. We rebuke trauma in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, God, that you begin to bring everything into alignment for a full recovery. God, whether you just instantly heal him or you get the surgical team assembled or uh, you you cause everything in his body to come into alignment and is is uh, his family, Lord, that you bring healing to them, uh, cause their bodies to heal. But Lord, we reverse that trauma 
that happen. And we thank you that the healing power of Jesus Christ will be administered through healing angels. In fact, just send three of them, Lord, three healing angels up there to touch them. And we call them forth healed and whole in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Let it be written. Let it be done. Healing in Jesus name. We have uh, three minutes. uh, uh, Continue, Joe. Well, just incredible things have gone on there in uh, Egypt, and uh, it is a, a difficult place because the Coptic Christians uh, have a very difficult time. Uh, let, let me just let me just say the Christians who were former Muslims, the persecution uh, is so bad inside Cairo. They, for the for the world's sake, they will announce that there's freedom of religion, but it, in actuality, that's not true. And if you are uh, have been a Muslim and you convert to Christianity, uh, your life is is very much doomed in the sense of uh, the comforts of life. First off, they take all your identification papers. You are transported to what they call garbage city, and you will have to live on garbage city. It is one of the world's largest garbage heaps. Uh, Twenty eight million people. Their garbage is dumped there. And to survive, they eat from the garbage. They're not allowed to buy, sell, to work a normal job. They cannot go outside of the city. They have no travel papers. And so they and their children, as far as the Muslims are cursed, and so what they have to do every day is sort through the mounds of garbage. They pull out plastic bottles. They recycle, and they separate these things out, and that's what they sell. When we were there at Garbage City uh, to try to help these people, there was a little boy walking. He had built himself a little cage, and in the cage was a large rat And that boy with three other boys following him, they were so excited. We rolled down the car window, and uh, we we said to the little boy, he said, "Uh, what are you going to do with that rat? He said, oh, I'm going to eat the rat. He was so excited because he was going to actually get meat to eat that wasn't left over and dead. And that's the condition of Garbage City. And uh, there is a church there that Simon the Tanner, the man that saw and witnessed the great miracle of the mountain uh, being thrown into the air three times, uh, they built and named a church after him. It's carved out of the rock, and it's it's kind of like a cave. It's almost in a cave. And so they they have allowed them to have church there. And these people who have converted to Christianity that were Muslims, they can attend there. But when the Muslim Brotherhood came to power on a Sunday morning, they rode up on motorcycles with machine guns and they opened fire. Now, that church will hold several thousand people, uh, maybe even up to 5,000 people. It's a large church inside this cave. And they opened fire on them and killed 185 before they could get stopped, and they just really ran out of some ammo and then took off. But uh, that's what the persecution they live with day in and day out. And we wanted to get food to them. Well, in order to take food to them, you have to get a permit from the government. 
And what you'll what you're allowed to do is go. You cannot give it out to individuals because only Allah can help the poor. And if you are not in Allah's good graces, you need to suffer. And that's the way that they view these people in Garbage City. And so we wanted to go there and distribute bags of rice or whatever. And there's a way to do it, but you have to get a permit from the government. And here's how you do it. You pull onto the garbage heap in a vehicle, and you must dump the rice out among the garbage. And then you drive away, and the people can come get You're not allowed to give it to any individual, but you dump it out as if it's garbage. And then uh, they're allowed to come and get it. But the people there in Garbage City, we, they, they need our prayers. They drink water that's black. It's contaminated. Yet, they don't die. God, I mean, they're eating refuge and garbage that would kill anyone else. But God keeps them in health, and there's thousands of and they just keep living. In spite of the horrific circumstances, the stench is so bad because the garbage is piled up to the second story windows in that place. Wow. And they live, they live in makeshift tenant buildings that are, look like they could fall down at any time. And they're packed in there. You know, uh, one, one bedroom that we would live in, they will have 20 people living in that one room. But they have nothing. And so only what they can scavenge or salvage out of sifting through the garbage every day. You'll see them out there by the thousands just going through the garbage and separating out anything that could be recycled. And then they are allowed to sell that. And that's the only little bit of money that, that they have. If they wear clothes, the clothes came out of the garbage heap. If they wear shoes came out of the garbage heap. And I saw people out there on in the garbage heap with no shoes on. You can imagine the glass and the, the stuff that could injure them. So they are the most, in my opinion, the most persecuted people group in the world today. Wow. Uh, you know, there are other places where people are being killed and martyred, but, you know, it's over. These people suffer every day because they have become born-again Christians, and they've renounced uh, Islam. And so please remember these people, um, the, the converted uh, Muslims that if they converted to Christianity in uh, Cairo, Egypt. Okay. My phone number is 360-629-5248, 5248 You can telephone. And uh, you can make a donation right after you telephone. Or you can go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and you may donate that way. Help us as we help those like people in Garbage City and others that are suffering for the gospel of Jesus Christ. God bless you. <laughs> 